Patriots Monday on WEEI. Patriots Monday is brought to you by... Boomer Esiason is brought to you this week by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody by Shaw's Perfecting the Art of Fresh by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in one week. Visit Zudi.com for details. And by McFarlane Energy. Check out their home heating oil incentives at McFarlaneEnergy.com. Boomer Esiason also brought to you by Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros. And he joins us this morning on the Harbor One Hotline. Hey, Boomer. Hey, guys. Good morning. And I hear we got a special guest host for that negative Nelly uh, Wiggy. <laughs> I, well, I wouldn't call him that special. I mean, I, he's here and ready to go whenever. But, yes, I mean, you're a hockey guy. You you, uh, you remember the great uh, Andrew Razor Raycroft? I know Razor. I know exactly who he is. Good morning, Razor. Welcome to the show. Morning, Boomer. Yeah, it's great to be here on Talking With You. You, you want to break down some hockey? Yeah, I do. do. That's why I figured we'd, we'd take over here. <laughs> Forget the NFL. I'm, do you want the first question? machine that you, the NFL is. Do you want the first yeah, question I want, for Boomer? I, I want, I'd love to have okay. the first question right. with Boomer, and I'd love to know what he thinks of his New York Rangers this year. No, wait, no. no we're talking football. <laughs> nah, you know, my New York Rangers are supposed to be tougher, Razor, but I don't know. We just got Connor McDavid out on the West Coast <laughs> as he went through four of our guys and went right around our goalie, uh, Gorgiev, and scored an incredible game goal, and then we got hammered by the Flames. So now we come home and play the Florida Panthers, who may be the best team in the league right now. Mm. Tough stretch, See? Boomer. Yeah. But I will. Yes. Can I ask the first football question? Yeah, what do sure. you think the ceiling is for this Patriots team? I asked Bill that earlier today. What is the ceiling for this Patriots team? So as Greg and Courtney will tell you, I have been on the New England Patriots since week one. I've been telling them that they are a playoff team. And I said it was going to take a while for them to get acclimated to their rookie quarterback. But, man, they do all the right things in an NFL game. They run the football. They stop the run. They pressure the opposing quarterback. And we're finally starting to see what this defense is going to look like. This performance yesterday was amazing. Now, Sam Darnold stinks. And, uh, unfortunately, (laughs) you know, he's probably playing himself right out of the league or into a backup job next year somewhere along the line. But uh, that that was standing. The um, uh, the Patriots team is a collection, a really good collection of uh, all complementary parts that are playing extremely well. Even when Mac Jones makes a mistake like he did yesterday, throwing the interception to Stephon Gilmore, the most important thing for a young quarterback is to come back on the field, not let that mistake affect you, and then lead your team to a touchdown, and he fires a bullet to Hunter Henry. So that's all I need to know about the young quarterback and dealing with all the pressures of being that quarterback, especially when you make a mistake. Uh, Boomer, Ken's lead this morning at the start of the show was that the the uh, Patriots must get OBJ, even if only so the, the, oh, bill, God, so the, bills, so the bills don't. Um, I don't care if the bills do or not. Good, good, good take him. You know, he's just going to ruin your team. I mean, look at what happened with Cleveland yesterday. I mean, so his, his replacement is DPJ. That would be Donovan Peoples-Jones. And he hit him right down the middle of the field, Baker Mayfield did, for a 60-yard touchdown against the Bengals. And that team hasn't looked that relieved and that good in the last four or five weeks. You know, it's, it's something when you show up every day and you got to worry about whether or not one particular person is happy with his touches, with his targets, and all this other crap that, you know, he did here in New York. So I, I say good riddance. Cleveland's better without him. I don't know who's going to sign him, and I know he wants to go – uh, to a uh, to a contender, I would think he's going to want to go to a more of a sizzle type of contender. You know, I'm not saying that New England isn't sizzling, but 
Uh, I, I think like the Rams or maybe the, uh, the the Vegas Raiders, some somewhere like that. I would think you would be more inclined to go to. So, would you say, as I did last week, that with a rookie quarterback, you don't want to bring that type of situation into your locker room as well? You know, sometimes, Greg, you make so many good a uh, good point that I Thank have you. to amplify it. You never really want to bring a guy like him into a locker room with a rookie quarterback. Mm. So it sounds like I just said something yeah. pretty smart. Yeah. Okay. And I do agree with you. Uh, there's no question that, look, he may he would be a different player under Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. There's no question about that. He's going to come here and behave, and he would be, uh, he wouldn't be like, uh, you know, the the distraction that he became in Cleveland, that he became in New York. Uh, so I think wherever he goes, however, there either has to be that really strong presence at head coach, which you do have there in New England, or there has to be a combination of a strong head coach. And a strong quarterback, and you got to make sure you got to talk to his agent. You got to talk to him. But then again, you know he's been a, like a fagazi guy anyway. He he uh, he behaved before the Giants gave him his big new contract, and then literally three weeks into the season, goes on to ESPN and trashes Eli Manning. So this this is uh, this is something that has been in his history. And I would think three strikes and you're out. But look at Antonio Brown for Tampa. Now I know they're different types of people. Odell Beckham Jr. is never in trouble off the field, so I'll give him that credit. But in the locker room, he could really be a distraction. And most of the young guys kind of gravitate to him in a locker room. And when the young guys gravitate to a guy like that, sometimes it leads to just a lot of negativity or, you know, with the younger players coming up within the organization. So it's got to be a really unique spot. It's got to be a strong spot. And they better have a strong quarterback presence. Maybe a place like Green Bay with that maniac out there, that maybe that would work. <laughs> well, Boomer, we're all excited about Mac Jones, but Panthers, fans, players, coaches, all kind of upset with him saying that he had a dirty play against Brian Burns. I was wondering if you saw that play and as a former quarterback, what you thought of it. I did see that play and I can understand you know, why a defensive player would think that would be a dirty play, although you know, sometimes defensive players tend to be a little bit soft. You know, I mean, they're, they're trying to knock your head off all game long, and then you just grab them around the ankle and they start screaming. Uh, you know what? I think it's actually a smart play by Mac Jones. And I know that if I've ever fumbled in the, in the pocket and, and one of those guys were you know, diving at me or grabbing at me, I, I would try to grab them from getting the football. So I, I, I don't necessarily know. I don't classify it as a dirty play. I actually – classified as a heady play. I know I don't know if he was twisting his ankle or not. That's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. But trying to stop him from getting off of Mac and getting to the fumble, that to me is is a heady play and it's another reason why I really like the sense of uh who Mac Jones is and what he sees on the field and how he reacts to it. Boomer, you brought up Green Bay. What did you make of what Aaron Rodgers said on Friday? Well, it's wacky. The whole thing's wacky. I mean, I like Joe Rogan, too, but he's not going to tell me whether or not I need to be vaccinated. I mean, that that whole homeopathic thing is just craziness. Um, You know me, I have a a son with cystic fibrosis. Uh, I've been in this respiratory disease category for over 27 years. I'm all about vaccines. They're safe. The FDA is not going to put them out there if they're not. The other thing I, I did say yesterday in the NFL today is that he's the leader of your team. And for him to be at a Halloween uh, function without a mask on as John Wick is ridiculous. I mean, you don't do that. You're 37 years old. You are the unquestioned leader of that team. You're one of the best players in the NFL. You're on a trajectory to get another MVP. And, you know, you're more concerned about going to a Halloween party as John Wick without a mask on. Uh, you know, to me, that's just reprehensible. So I talked to my buddy, the head coach out in Indianapolis. He also has a quarterback that is unvaccinated in Carson Wentz. 
And I asked him, I said, how is Carson handling all the protocols that unvaccinated players have to handle? And Frank said he's been a model citizen. Everywhere he goes, he's got that mask on. He even wears the mask on the sideline during the games when he doesn't have to. So he stood up before the team, I believe, and told the team that while being unvaccinated is my choice, I will also do everything in my power to be as safe as I possibly can to protect myself and to protect our team and you, my teammates, uh, from losing your quarterback for an extended period of time. So we got a long way to go. He could still get sick and still end up missing 10 days, but he's not going to do it because he's out hanging out with his buddies or his friends at a Halloween party without a mask on. I brought up the Halloween party last week because even the NFL has guidelines in place where you're not supposed to be. I think it's around three people from the team outside of the facility if you're unvaccinated. So do you think the NFL is going to come after Rodgers when it comes to his financials to try to get something? Because whether it's that, not wearing a mask on the sidelines, so on and so forth, it seems like he's broken a bunch of rules. Right. He's He really has. Well, doesn't seem like it. I, I think we all know he has. Now, there's a couple things here. Number one, every building in the NFL has cameras in its hallways. And the NFL periodically goes over those cameras and watches the players and watches the coaches within each of the buildings. This is how the Denver Broncos got nailed last year when they played without a quarterback. You remember that whole yeah, thing? Yeah. So it's kind of the same way. They, they caught them because every player is also wearing what they call a Kinexon. And Kinexon lets everybody know where everybody is at all times. So if there is a, a positive pop, then you'll know if anybody was around that guy for any period of time, and then you can determine whether or not those guys have to be uh, sat down or whether or not they're vaccinated or unvaccinated. So there's a lot of things that go into this. As far as being away from the building, yeah, they're supposed to follow these rules, but it's almost impossible uh, to, to follow everybody. You don't have cameras in your cars. You don't have body cams and all that kind of stuff. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers did put that Halloween and a number of other people did put that Halloween party on Instagram and we could all see it. Mm -hmm. We know that he was violating whatever those rules are away from the building. So there's a lot of things that could happen here. I know one thing, the CBA between the NFLPA and the NFL won't allow them to suspend Aaron Rodgers. I don't, that that's not going to happen. Although I guess the commissioner could supersede some of that stuff. They'll find him significantly. And then of course the green Bay Packers, if they do find out, allowed Aaron Rodgers to live his life a certain way within the building, which, of course, Matt LaFleur said he did not do in football places, I still think that they're going to get fined heavily, maybe a half a million to a million dollars, because it seems to me that there were a number of times where Aaron Rodgers violated that protocol, especially in press conferences. Incredible. What a crazy week in the AFC, especially who's the leader in the clubhouse halfway through? What, do you, what team are you looking at? I guess Tennessee last night, yeah. I mean, they surprised everybody by taking down the Rams. Well, you know, this, this is one of those weeks, Razor, that in the NFL, there's always a week or two in the middle of the season where we had what we had yesterday, and this was upsets all over the place. I think there were at least six upsets where the team going in that was uh, obviously favored did not win. Uh, and when you look what happened with Buffalo, you realize, okay, New England now all of a sudden <laughs> is right on their heels, and they have a chance to win the AFC East. I always thought that New England would be at least – a uh, wild card team. Now, all of a sudden, I'm starting to think, wow, wait a minute. What is going on with Buffalo's offense? And as New England's defense is surging, and when those two meet, that's going to be really interesting. But uh, Tennessee had a hell of a performance last night. They got all over Matthew Stafford. Uh, Kansas City is not any better. Uh, the Chargers won a huge game yesterday, and Justin Herbert showed why he has the potential to be a real superstar in this league, winning in Philadelphia. 
But it's, it is wide open as we sit here right now. And with uh, about eight games to go, yeah, eight games to go, uh, it's anybody's AFC as we sit. Boomer, great to talk to you. We'll talk to you again next Monday. Razor, if you want to do a podcast about hockey, just let me know. All right? <laughs> You're on, Boomer. I'm getting you. Thank all you. All right, man. Sounds good, guys. Have a great week.